Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Business Women Australia podcast, featuring industry leaders who bring their wealth of expertise from diverse areas to help you build a successful business. Now, on to the show. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, joining me on today's show is Kathy McKenzie. Kathy has been a pioneer in the field of coaching in Australia. She is an innovator. She's an entrepreneur who loves seeing uh, others evolve in their business and their life. Now, she has seen thousands of people change their lives through the coaching and training Fire Up conducts. Kathy founded Fire Up Coaching, which has evolved to become one of the leading Australia registered training organizations in the area of accredited leadership and coach training. Now, on today's show, Kathy is going to share the challenge that they went through to take the Fire Up programs online. She also is going to talk about obtaining funding to develop and deliver post-COVID recovery programs. So much wealth of knowledge and I'm sure you're going to share. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It's great to be here. Tell us a little bit about Fire Up Coaching and uh, what the business model looked like before all of this happened. And then I know you're going to dive in and share uh, what the processes you went through to take that online. But tell us a little bit more about Fire Up. Absolutely. Look, um, the business was founded actually 22 years ago. So we've actually gone through quite a few periods of metamorphosis and we became a registered training organisation about 12 years ago. And our model had predominantly been face-to-face in Melbourne and Brisbane. And we, you know, we put our foot in the water a little bit for other places, but predominantly it was face-to-face. And I guess I have to eat, eat humble pie because I've been a bit of a dinosaur in saying, no, look, you know, this um, this is neuroscience, this is rapport, this is really intimate stuff with people and until the technology's there, I'm not going there. And so there's been a few times, like in 2015, we developed some online stuff but really didn't get into it. And last year was one of those, I guess, moments where the status quo is being on, going on for a long time and you really have to either sink or swim. And we decided to dive in and that's that's what has taken us along an incredible um, journey the last 12 months. Wow. Tell us um, a little bit about some of the things that you learned because what you just said there earlier is things that I've heard people say too. Whereas, I mean, when I think of when I started my practice career coaching years ago, decades ago, I was told you can't do mm. coaching by phone and, and Skype and so forth, which actually yeah. wasn't. Alex, what are some of the learnings, the insights that you've actually learned? You said you've had to eat humble pie, but you've recognised just how incredible technology the platform is and you really still can. What's been the greatest insight? I think the greatest insight for me has been that technology is now at a point where you can pretty much do most of the techniques that we would teach in coaching. And I think 
one of the big things for me was too that I'm I'm great at connecting with people and coaching and facilitating. However, we're a technology business now and the kind of people I needed to get around me was very, very different to what I've had previously. And I had moved from Melbourne. I was based in Melbourne in St Kilda Road, had offices for years and like that whole, you know, we've got to have a, a nice-looking office with a fancy reception oh, and people every... Exactly, exactly. And then just uh, there was a whole lot of things that happened um, in 2014 and 15 that made me rethink the way that we were delivering our business, just the costs of um, you know, I, I, silly things like the photocopier was costing 20000 a year and just having to re-look at the business model. And I decided that I wanted to have a different lifestyle. I'm a country girl at heart and living in Melbourne, I just wanted to get back to somewhere that was more rural but made the decision to move to Queensland, which meant a heartbreaking um separation of I had a really great team in Melbourne but I decided that you know what I actually am going to you know I made sure they all had other jobs then we moved up I moved up here and I kind of was on my own sort of with contractors and you know tracking along but wasn't really clear on what my vision or what my um, direction was next because I, I, I think I was just a bit burnt out from having the business for 15 16 years and Living up here has sort of re-energised me. And then last year it was either, okay, are you going to take this seriously? And if you are, you can't do it anymore on your own. Wow. Uh, you know, some of the things that um, you've just shared are, are obviously things that now people are needing to consider as well. Do we really need that large corporate space? What can our business model look like moving forward? So you can almost see so beautifully that there was some shifts that happened and it was really just kind of positioning you to, to now, as you say, you've gone online. And you you may not have taken the business online were it not for what happened just uh, last year. But before we go into the different steps that you took, because there are steps that can be taken and probably some insight mm. that you can share that you would maybe do differently. But what are you seeing as possible now? Let's, you know, as a coach, it's always good. What's been the outcome that you've already seen? And I'm sure that really you're just only scratching the surface with the possibilities that you're now online. Uh, do you know what's really exciting? We've actually got a guy from Delhi doing the course at the moment and, you know, we've got a girl from New Zealand and the, the diversity of the groups is fantastic. We've got, you know, a, some people from Catherine. So you've got such diversity in the groups and it's actually made the collaboration and the learning so much richer and we're just loving having that ability to not just restrict ourselves to a small marketplace. You know, we were playing in a pretty small sandbox, whereas now um, there's no reason we can't compete on a global level, which yes. is very ambitious. However, I've got a great team with me and I don't do a lot of the training anymore. That's been another great thing is that I've got fantastic trainers who are appealing to all the different um thinking preferences and personality types we get and people are just loving the diversity of trainers and the diversity of students. 
Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay, so now we're going to go through in some of the, the steps. Now, you mentioned team. So obviously, team is, is really important. But what are some of the things that you can now go and see were so important as a business to have in place that enabled the successful transition of what was delivery of face-to-face training to now being online? So team was really important. What were some other things? Look, obviously the technology, because we've had a big learning in terms of be careful who you trust with technology. I hate to think how much I spent last year to get to the point where it was actually the student portal is a very important part as a training organisation. And it's important not just for the students, but for um, for the back end for us as trainers. And the technology we went with, which we were sold, you know, we were sold that, oh, it's so simple and it'll be so easy to navigate. And I used to just about have a panic attack before I had to go into the back end. And and that's where I think you need um, trusted people with technology because we actually got to the end of the year and had to upgrade all of our technology again. So all of the decisions I made in April and May, I had to just go, you know what, we're cutting our losses. I don't care if we've paid for 12 months of licensing etc it's not working for us and we need to have the best technology possible likewise even for streaming like this having good microphones having you know there's nothing worse than when you're in the middle of a really rich conversation and it's like oh oh and someone freezes and it's like ah which I'm sure you've had. Oh, I have. And, you know, the story and the journey that you just shared around technology is something that I've experienced as well. But what I love for what you've said, that's exactly what we did too. It, it's just a part of the process of business, I think, isn't it? And the CEO, Absolutely. Which, of course, you are a fire up. You've got to get to a stage where you can see what's happening, you've tried it, and then make the decision and say, we've got to shift and, and move. And for people that maybe such as yourself didn't, we don't know about technology. We don't know what's available. So what are some of the things that you did? Reach out to colleagues uh, to to find, because sometimes we don't know what we don't know. How did you find out about the different technologies? Because there are a lot of different technologies, but I'm sure things that you considered, and I'd love for you to share back what this was, what your needs were, where you wanted to take this, all of those things need to be in consideration when you're making the decision on what best technology or the technology that best supports you. What were some of the learnings in that for you, Cathy? Look, I think one of the greatest learning, and this doesn't just apply to technology, it applies to any area that is not your area of expertise, is don't try and bumble through yourself and think that you can learn when your priorities and your skill sets are something else in that moment. And the it was interesting because I had had a company in Sydney approach me about having some interns and I had said, no, look, I don't have an office so I can't do interns, you know. And then in Mar- we actually had our meeting, I think it was on March 17th, and I got the four contractors who all worked for me on a regular basis and said, look, none of us are technology experts. So the first thing we need to do is to um, engage someone who is actually an expert in writing programs to be delivered online. And so we committed to um, bringing Tesha in to do that for a few months and working with with Kylie to actually get that content part right. Mm. Um, and, and then I decided we didn't have enough budget to have, you know, seven or eight people all of a sudden on PAYG, 
I remembered this in you know this company talking about interns so I rang them back and said look see if they're interested in doing an internship because they had to do 200 hours which was going to give me two people at no cost until July and I thought well if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't and my husband jokes both of these guys guys Clarion and Caleb I never would have recruited because you know they're not it, I've always made the mistake, well, not always, I've learned over the last few years, but, you know, people like people who are like themselves and you tend to get surround yourself until you know better with yeah. people who are similar to you. And they both love working from home. They're both based in Brisbane. And I had a few, and this is the other thing, self-care when you're going through really stressful times. I actually had, was diagnosed with a, well, they didn't know what it was and it was right at the, it was like, about end of April or May and my interns had just started and I got diagnosed with thing and had a biopsy and they said look we can't tell but we think it might be a malignant cancer and I'm going oh my god so I was dealing with (laughs) exactly and you know because I do so much work around mind body spirit I knew that my stress was just feeding whatever was going on in my body however coming back to the interns what it meant was that I had a few other things to take care of and we had a few opportunities for projects where I just said to them, look, I actually can't give you as much help as I like. I would like to. And the reason I put two of them on at the same time was so that they could actually work together and learn together. Anyway, they ended up winning a $250,000 project which directly um they in conjunction with Steve worked on this proposal so I didn't have time and I had all these appointments to actually micromanage so I had to let go which was another great lesson I had to let go and the project that we'd lost like because we lost a project almost equal to that at the start of COVID and by the start of May they had won and they were so excited that as interns they'd had part you know they'd had the opportunity to be part of a real pro you know project proposal and and then when we won it they were so excited and I've actually employed both of them full-time now they're fantastic. That is amazing it's interesting that you talk about interns this is the third conversation and normally when things happen (laughs) it's like "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." so uh, from a you know from a selfish point of view I, I am hosting yeah. so I'm going to ask you some questions now in all seriousness why I love that story <laughs> is that you know when you think of individuals who've done their degrees they've done their studies their areas yeah. of where they want to really you know shape and, and build their careers often it's really difficult for them to be able to get some experience and now when we think of what's happening not just with businesses being impacted I mean you're staring the story we're speaking with Kathy McKenzie who is telling us how she took her business which was primarily delivering face-to-face certifications in the area of coaching to now going online and uh, heard about how she's been employing internship interns to be able to support her I think this is such a great opportunity for businesses who may not have the capacity yet to be able to mm. afford 
entire new team that then meets people who need experience, but maybe a lot of the experience opportunities are no longer there because businesses have unfortunately had to cut back, cut down, or maybe go out of business. Why not get in the middle, give someone an opportunity to learn and grow? And as you've said, this is what I've heard before too, others, which is why I pricked my ears up when someone mentioned this not so long ago, was when you train them the right way, support and nurture them, then become so passionate about the business they catch the vision and the fire mm. you know and then they can drive that and become full-time employees or really work for the business if you look back to to some of the things that you can now see are so important when it comes to you know onboarding those interns or maybe some things that you might do differently what are some things that you really can see is important to have in place to make sure that that experience from both them and you as the business owner um, is good. It's a win-win for all. Absolutely. I think having a really structured um, program for them to follow and having them, so I actually had them directly reporting to someone other than me um, during that time. And um, Steve, who is also um Steve's a lot younger and, and you know, he jokes about the opportunity he's had this year. Like he started out the year, and I'm sure he won't mind, mind me saying this, you know, he was he was coaching on the side and wanting to build his business. Um, but when COVID hit and I said, look, come on full time, he's, you know, he's of the, like his early 30s, I think roughly, and, you know, he's brilliant with technology. So he was able to mentor the two guys, you know, Caleb and Clarion, and then Craig and Kylie and Deidre, the the whole team, we all met every Monday. And I think that's one of the most critical things. I know it from my old days of flight centres, that that huddle every Monday, What what's our priorities for this week, what's really important, and keeping reviewing what you're doing the whole time, looking at like each week we'd have a plan and we'd look at, okay, where did we get to, um, making sure that your interns have got someone that they can check in with um, at all times, but having really um, structure around what tasks need to be done and then reviewing them. Those Monday meetings became something we all really looked forward to. And particularly, I mean, I'm so fortunate being on the Sunshine Coast that it was kind of like a, I don't tell anyone, well, everyone in Melbourne knows it now, but my team in Melbourne were really feeling the impact of lockdown. And that Monday meeting just fed their souls. And um, and also it meant that um, Kylie and Deidre and Steve, who are all Melbourne-based, were unbelievable in the hours that they put in because they were like, well, and Steve used to just keep saying, well, what else am I doing? What else am I doing? So, you know, they just put in unbelievable hours. But I think that communication has got to be so um, regular and and also not only that, having one-on-one. So we had our regular morning meeting every Monday However, that importance of me walking my talk around, you know, I can go into an organisation and tell them how important it is to have one-on-ones, but me checking in with everyone monthly to see how they were. And interestingly, I was thinking yesterday that I've been a bit slack since we've got back to, you know, well, we, we, I mean, we're very fortunate. We're just getting busier and busier um, and I need to go back. We still are, we are still so routine with our Monday meeting and that just is gold. And now we're combining that with um, 
with the great thing about having Caleb and Clarion who have just come out of uni and Steve who are all um, really good with technology is that they've gone off and found the new technology that has been what we've replaced the what the experts told us to do. We've rewritten, you know, we've even redone the slides and everything that we originally paid such a fortune to have done. They were great that they gave us branding and a really good template. Um, it's just that at the end of the day, the the need, you know, there was just too much packed into every webinar. We were trying to do in a couple of hours online what we would do in a couple of hours face-to-face -face, and that just doesn't work. And I've found people are much more anxious online too. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think what you're saying there is, you know, you have to trust the process. You you know your ideal client and the clients that mm. you work with better than anybody else knows them and yeah out some things you know really try out some things we've got uh, Stephen Taylor thanks Kath the support with each other was a big part of <laughs> moving forward love them absolutely that that's wonderful and and you know had you continued to just follow the path that you were told look this is the way everyone does it then you may all still be pulling your your hair out so we've talked about team being so very important we've talked about the incredible resources available for interns and uh, we've talked about technology being really important too were there some other things on site that you could see really supported you in transitioning to online that we need to be aware of look I think it's the belief of what's possible and to make you know I think it's that whole fail fast and move on and definitely in March, there was a lot of our competitors and a lot of even coaches who were like, oh, I'm just going to wait a month or two um, and see when things get back to normal, which, you know, we've all heard that. Um, and that meant that for a lot of people, they just kept, and, and I've actually, because I've, I've got a background in travel as well, I was watching a lot of people just saying, oh, another month, I'll give it another month, I'll give it another month. And then like, you know, six months down the track, they're kind of in a rut where they haven't gone anywhere. And I think for us, we just kept making decisions and believing that it was possible for us to succeed in this new environment. And if something wasn't working, just keep moving, keep making decisions, whether they're good, bad or indifferent, and keep getting feedback. Because I had to develop a pretty thick skin because the first course that went through um, you know, there was there was lots of things that needed to be improved and changed and just it's, you know, you can't actually say to someone, have you got any idea how much work has to happen behind the scenes for this to, you know, for this student portal to work? And, you know, you have to actually just take the feedback from your clients and resist that temptation to give a million excuses as to why, um, it's not going the way. I My motto was um, done is better than perfect and we'll go back and review it at the end of the year. And that was pretty much what we kept doing was done is better than perfect and then we'll refine it. And I think too many people wait to have certainty and if anything last year taught us is that keep making a decision based on what you know today and then if that doesn't prove to be what's the reality next week, well, just refine what you're doing and make another decision. The The critical piece is to just keep reflecting on what you're doing, whether it's working, if it's not, just change and keep going. And I think 
watching lots of people in travel saying, oh, we'll just wait until international travel starts again. It's, you know, it's fraught with danger because I could have done the same thing and said, I'll just wait until we can um, train face to face again. And I would have missed some massive opportunities. And I think with the business that you're in, of course, it is something that does lend itself to being online. Yes, there are advantages and, you know, some people really do love yeah. that face-to-face experience. However, now moving forward that it's gone online, you've realised actually we don't just work nationally or, you know, locally, nationally, but yeah. also internationally as well and it just opens up incredible opportunity for you to be able to impact the people that may not necessarily be able to participate were it not for you being online when you look back at because when you think of your the business that you're in and I've had a bit of experience in that because I've worked um for various uh, registered training organizations <laughs> I mean the like, Realities. Let me just say, as someone you know, my pain. <laughs> the eyes and the you know the eyes that you have to dot and the T's that you uh. have to just for all of the protocols and and the the rules and regulations is magnanimous. So, props to you for for doing that. When you're looking at a task, it can feel and seem, because it kind of is, so overwhelming. What did you do? You had a great team behind you, so that's that's amazing. But as a CEO, as a leader of the business, you need to oversee that team. You need to go forward because they're probably feeling a bit overwhelmed and uncertain too. What did you do from a leader's perspective to kind of keep tapped in that, you know, even though I might not have it all together, at least I still need to, to be there at the forefront leading the team, empowering them. And then talk about, you know, we have that saying, which I don't really like, but I can't think of another one, but you know, how do you even <laughs> one bite at a time? What were some of the things that you do to chunk down this, what could seem an overwhelming task, because it is, into these bite-sized projects to make sure that you, you were focusing on the right thing at the right stage at the right time? Share a little bit about that. I know it's a couple of questions in there, but I think they'll flow nicely. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think um, I've got a gratitude journal and I was doing my own personal reflection every night and what I could be grateful for because it was, as you know, if you've been involved with registered training organisations, it's easy to just go, oh, my God, government tenders. And, and you know, it was interesting that the, we won this massive lot of funding um, and thankfully then I didn't know how difficult it would be actually to get the money out so it it gave us kind of a false safety net because we won a project to deliver training to 46 people in Tasmania and so I knew my role as coming back to what your question is my role as a CEO was to keep us solid financially through that period and make sure that everyone felt secure in knowing that you know as soon as we hit a road bump they weren't about to lose their jobs and we won this $400,000 project. So we're all going, oh, yeah, that's fantastic. And then the first report went in in July, and, and I won't even bore you with all the detail, but basically we've we've got virtually only a quarter of that payment and we've trained nearly 60 people. And it's kind of this, it's like it's a magic maze trying to work out how you get the money. <laughs> you don't really want it, do you? Like, you know, uh, so, we won't. We'll, we'll exactly. stop there, but I know what you mean. And that can be really difficult, can't it, moving forward? Yeah. And so I had to keep 
going back and being resilient and not sort of say not not getting angry about the fact that this government process is so convoluted because I I'm you know I'm not I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not someone who ticks all the boxes in terms of, you know, if, if there's a quicker way to do it, I'll find it. <laughs> to government policies, like to innovation exactly. and government in the same sentence is like, yeah. yeah. So what yeah. So what you do, you need to keep resilient. What did that look like for you, Cathy? Resilient meant um, eating well, um, drinking less, exercising more, and meditating, I think for me, I, I discovered Sam Harris's podcast uh, or his app called um, the Waking Up app. Um, and for me, that still like I did it for twenty minutes before we start now because before we started this podcast because it's just such a, a centering, clears your head, and you know makes you recognise that what you bring into consciousness is your responsibility and that people are not doing things to you. As a leader, you need to be role modelling that it's possible and and be resilient around, okay, things are going to go wrong and that's okay. Um, it's your response to them that is what's going to make you uh, either inspiring to other people or someone that people go, oh, my God, I can't go out to dinner with them again. They're just whinging about their business again, <laughs> you know, which would have been easy to do. Yeah, and, and that whole approach and attitude that you took really impacts the team, doesn't it? It filters down because, you know, what, what we often model to our team or how we show up can kind of really create almost like this tension within the room. I mean, obviously you would have been meeting virtually, but that really mm. it kind of really makes a difference. And also too, and I think this beautifully segues into the second part of the sentence, when we know that there are decisions that need to be made, quick decisions, mm. that, that there are, you know, some challenging steps ahead, when we try and move through that and, and make the right decisions and the right decision at the time, we can always backtrack if we need to. It can be difficult when we're not in that right mm. space. So now that you were centred and, you know, you were in the right space, how did then you approach the, you know, some of the, the project aspects of, of really going from in-person training to now being online? What were some of those, some of those overarching steps? Um, look, we, we tried a few project management um, softwares and like in the middle of all that I actually did have uh, um, my parotid gland out and a tumour removed in July which meant that a lot of the decisions were made by the people around me and we we just made sure that we used team collaboration tools. Monday.com has been really good for us. I, I don't like ones that get too complicated and I think partnering with other one of the most one of the most successful things we've done is to partner with with either successful students. For instance, Melanie Schilling, who's on uh, Married at First Sight, she's the um, presenter on Married at First Sight. is one of her graduates, and I coached her in two thousand and eight, um, and in personal coaching. And so, collaborating with people who were successful and had an op who could actually refer business to us. And I think that's been one of our best strategies in the last year is collaborating and like BWA is a good example of collaborating with organisations where people are hanging out that want to do coaching and want to do coach training. And, you know, with Mel, we're going to do confidence coaching training because that's what, that's what her audience looks for um, and I want to make sure that that's not just confidence for women but confidence 
for all the audiences because we we train uh, across a whole we we're on the panel for the Department of Health and Human Services and obviously so many of their staff went through a lot of trauma trying to manage the whole COVID thing in Melbourne last year and we want to make sure that we've got the processes in place to support all of our clients so partnering with people who can you know make sure that we've got enough business to sustain you know a, a whole team but also um going back to the organisations that we've been partnered with for 10 or 15 years and asking them, what else do you need? What else can we do for you? We can offer new things now we're online and I think that's been really valuable. Yeah, I think that moving forward and and it has always been, hasn't it, Cathy, to remain um, nurturing those stakeholder relationships. Yeah. Clients, as you've just so beautifully uh, shared with us, clients can become uh, stakeholders in the business, teachers, coaches, trainers, uh, referral partners, and that just comes from good old-fashioned relationship building, which is certainly not maybe the way that we do that. I think because I'm an introvert by nature, an extrovert. Ah microphone in front of me but if I have to go after meeting to meet in person I just can't in fact I've probably got more energy now that I am not and haven't been attending in-person events I'll often end up chatting someone's ear off and I'll have to say you just need to hang up I've got more energy but what I love about what you're just sharing is is just realizing that as CEO we have to have such a solid team behind us because if not we become the bottleneck don't we and not only that in in our capacity uh, to to do the amount of work that we need to do the capacity for opportunities the mindset because that is definitely going to filter down and impact Mm -hmm team and when we do surround ourselves we empower the team to be able to make decisions that we don't have to become part of that we can tap into which you know I think you mentioned your interns alongside Steve and made some some pretty complex decisions and the outcome of course was winning that incredible uh, contract that funding. Uh, share a little bit about um, Fire Up what are some of the trainings that you're now delivering because for people that are that are watching or listening to the recording may just want to tap into some of the things that you're offering. So share more about Fire Up and its uh, offerings. Yeah, look, I think one of the things that we've really managed to achieve because um, we've got the the we've got a, a, a we've got a whole lot of trainers that we can draw from, but the core four of us, um, Kylie, myself, Craig, and Deidre, have all got um, professional coach certification, and we're it means that we've got, um, you know, we've got a number of programs where we all tap into our different areas of expertise. So, for instance, I've got a lot of a business background and our Diploma of Leadership Coaching and Mentoring has a whole range of elements that then lead to an International Coach Federation accreditation. So between the four of us, we all run different components of the course. Craig's got a strong marketing background. Dee's very spiritual. Kyle's has really got a strong health background. And that combination of highly skilled facilitators, Steve's developed the Cert for in Leadership and Training um, completely from scratch and that's what we delivered in Tasmania and because his background is as a mechanic he's made it really relatable for those frontline teams and so we've got three core programs that we run the certificate for in business and personal coaching was our core product that we started with and that actually is 
a course that leads on to an, uh, an international coaching accreditation. And then we've got another module to that that's a diploma module that the cert for is more if you're actually wanting to be a coach and run your own coaching practice. And the diploma steps it up for those that are rolling out coaching and mentoring in organisations. And then our new offering that came on last year online is the certificate for in leadership and management which is much more around that whole management rather than coaching and that means you know no matter what organization we're contracted into we've got the different offerings and then of course we can just cherry pick from those and do unaccredited courses just when people want something around resilience or um the big one at the moment is teams coming back from having worked virtually for so long. Um, they're doing team building workshops just to get everyone connected again. And, you know, that and that and conversational intelligence, which is something that I'm passionate about, which is um, around the uh, whether we're priming a conversation for threat or priming it for trust and how do you build trust in relationships. So that's kind of the heart of our programs. Yeah, I love that. And uh, you've got Fire Up Coaching there on your banner. What's the best website to connect with? Do you want to share telephone numbers? All of the contact details are the best ones. Absolutely. Well, it's easy. The web, the phone number is easy to remember. It's 1300 Fire Up, which is 1300 347 387. And literally fireupcoaching.com.au will get you to our new website, which has just been revised. So all of the information's on that. Fantastic. And of course, the 1300 number for those of you who are outside of Australia, the best way is to go to Fire Up Coaching, the website that Kathy just mentioned, uh, that that's going to get you access to them. And I'm sure ways to connect if you are listening and watching from international location. So if there was Fabulous. one last insight that you would want to share with people, maybe drawing from your learning or something that you've already shared, uh, Kathy, if people are at that stage now where they've gone, mm -hmm, okay, I've heard Kathy say I really don't need to wait I should not wait till whatever I need to start taking action to start getting some of my programs online what would be one last insight that you would want to share to support them empower them in doing so get really on clear get really clear on your purpose for going online you know why do you want to deliver the program that you deliver and link that to what's some what's really important to you you know for me it's important to see People, you know, our, our tagline's igniting the potential within, but that's really what I want to do. And I think if you're going to take it online, it's like anything, you know, it absolutely has to be clear what your passion and purpose is around the program that you're delivering and get really clear on a couple of key messages. Don't go on, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've seen this, Amory, people try to go too broad and be everything to all people. You know, we're very clear that, you know, ours is about getting people to be accredited coaches. Boom. That's the number one thing that we want to do is we want, yes, we want to get them all passionate and inspired, but at the end of the day, we also want to get them accredited. And if you're developing an online program, be really clear on what's, you, you know, it's that classic unique um, selling point, what's unique about what you're doing. Um, and also no one else can be you. Bring yourself into it. Be really clear on how the essence of who you are is coming out in your brand and your program. Such wise, wise insights there, particularly as you started off with ask yourself why you're going online. It's one of those old sayings, you know, if you're going online because you think everyone else is doing it, so I think I need to do it. <laughs> 
first. I mean, you, you'll come up with, you'll come to the first challenge and you go, oh, nah, I'm not going to do this. But if you've really realised, and for you, you've just shared what, why, I mean, you want to really ignite, you know, the, the, in others, which is why I love it, really ties to to your, your name, Fire Up Coaching, uh, that drives you forward, doesn't it? That really just Absolutely. allows you to look that challenge in the face and go, not today, you're not going to uh, to get us down today, which is just wonderful. Again, we've been speaking to Kathy McKenzie from Fire Up Coaching. Please reach out to her, particularly if you're looking at doing some or offering, getting some training in for your team. Maybe you are someone who is transitioning from corporate. You've got a lot of different backgrounds and knowledge to be able to share, but you want to layer some coaching, um, you know, some coaching on top of that so you can start up your own practice. As Kathy said, that's something that they can help you with too, the techniques and, and around coaching, which is so very important. I mean, when we move forward, Kathy, we think of the impact that's what's happened around the world with helping people navigate the, the emotions and yeah. what's happening is so great that the opportunity for coaches to really sow into the lives of individuals who need that support is huge. It's, it's a huge. I can just see that, you know, coaching um, is is definitely going to be an increase because of the, the need. So I can see that oh. your, your business is going to get really busy helping others uh, get served so that they can start up their own coaching businesses as well. So thanks once again for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It's been an absolute pleasure. You've been listening to Business Women Australia podcast. Want to become part of a dynamic collective of women who are passionate about business success and personal growth? Go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership to apply. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership.